welcome to the podcast, Unlikely Outcasts with Nay and Ann. Join us as we explore our individual experiences throughout our 20s. Learn about God's purpose for our lives. Break generational curses. Pursue careers in medicine. And defend our way of life. guys welcome to this um week's podcast episode um this week we're going to be talking about dating um this is probably going to be the first installment of many of its kind um and we just wanted to hop on and um, discuss um taboos and generalized topics surrounding dating um what that means um as christian women what that means what does that look like as um women of color um what that's looks like as women of color who are trying to navigate um, careers in medicine and um, just um, navigating work-life balance and with with relationships. So um, we're just gonna hop into these questions. Um, and the first topic uh, we're gonna talk about is why, um, well, we're just gonna talk about dating and, and the experiences with dating. Um, I can, can't really talk about it, but um, I have not dated anyone um, ever in my 27 years of living, um, which is good. And I guess I don't, I'm really, I don't think it's bad, um, but I think it's a good thing um, because I get to see, um, you know, my friends and siblings um, and like different uh, uh, people that I meet navigate the space and. Um, like we discussed in the previous episodes about how um, when we're learning, when you're learning, engaging with other people, you kind of take notes on um, how they're navigating different areas of their lives, navigating different spaces. And um, dating for me is one of the spaces that I, I'm constantly learning from other people, um, jotting down notes about um, different aspects of it. Um, it's one of the things in Christianity that, Christianity that isn't really... Um, written out in the bible um it, there's no scripture that says thou shall date like this um so I think that imagine if there was <laughs> imagine imagine how helpful that would be um but uh, one of the topics that are you know why we talked about in the bible is marriage um but there's not um ex- i think it's called explicit explicit or implicit I don't know whichever one is which is not written. So it's not written, but there are certain topics that are implied um, in the Bible, but it's not explicitly stated. This is how you should date. Um, but yeah, so I have not dated. Um, I think that I am preparing my heart um, for the season in which I will um, date someone. Um, specifically, um, there's a topic that we have on here about dating before marriage or, you know, dating to marry. And I think that that's where I kind of fall in. I believe that I will be dating to marry someone. I am not dating just to be your girlfriend. I'm not trying to be on a wife's salary with not being your girlfriend. That ain't how I think. That's not how my brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, so Nate can kind of jump in here and discuss um if she's had any experiences with dating and um, how that went and um, what she's learned, you know, kind of from her experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So similar to Ange, 
I have little to no dating experience at the ripe age of 27. Um, I have had one serious relationship and it was actually a, a recent relationship. Um, he was my first first boyfriend and I was 25 when we first started dating so we were together two years um so this is a a a fresh um perspective I have and I'm grateful that I didn't start dating until I was 25 um I think I shared on previous episodes that I didn't really have the desire for dating and for marriage while I was in high school. Barely had it in college until I became a Christian. Um, so that's what we're going to, we're going to talk more about perspectives and perceptions of dating and dating for marriage or casual dating um, within the lens of our our spaces that we've navigated more than we're going to share about personal experiences with David dating because like, like we shared our, our experiences are limited. Um, bringing up dating is sometimes a sensitive subject for single women, especially single women um, in the church. And I think that's because some of us aren't blessed with spaces that treat single women the same that they would married women, which is very sad. And it's something that I wanted to talk about in my previous church spaces that was kind of viewed as a taboo topic. Because when you discuss singleness in Christian spaces, it's kind of like viewed as like a season, uh, like a sing- a season of singleness. Like you're go ahead and suffer through your singleness because when you get out of it, your marriage is going to be great. <laughs> it's like you're God's preparing you for, for being a wife. So appreciate your singleness. And I hate that perspective. I hate that like perspective that, singleness is just like dreary period in your life that you just need to get through because it's it's just gonna happen um but there's something that's gonna be waiting on the other side do I personally hope and pray that there is um uh you know a companion out there for me of course but me kind of sitting around twindling my thumbs waiting for him to just appear out of thin air is not helpful for me um and I don't want to use this time in my life to prepare for a man versus you know uh, posturing my heart towards God um but it's one of those things where when I became a Christian at, I think I was 19. I was a sophomore in college. Um, like I said, it wasn't a desire in my heart prior to being um, a Christian because it was something that 
I wasn't around much. Like there are a lot of uh, strong single moms in my family. Like I was raised in a two parent household, but it wasn't necessarily like, oh, this is a married couple that I want to like inspire to be like. Um, it wasn't necessarily toxic, but it was also just like the only only married couple that I saw and thankfully it it was in my household but it wasn't something that I was taught at a young age like oh go find you a husband and start you a family no like I was surrounded by people that had kids that had families that didn't talk about it like they didn't talk about their journey to starting families it was just a it is what it is and we made the best of the situation um so coming becoming a Christian and seeing marriage glorified was shocking to me. And it was shocking in a, oh, I want that kind of way. But it was also in a, oh, if I don't get that, am I a good Christian? Like, am I, like, it kind of, like, marriage became something that was synonymous with, like, my relationship with God. Um yeah. And I don't think it was intentional. I don't think the people that were leading me in these churches wanted to paint this picture that once you find a husband, that's when your journey as a Christian really begins. But the way that like certain things were set up for couples or, you know, thankfully the church I go to now is um, egalitarian, meaning women and men can serve as leaders. Um, but that's, that's not the church I started off in. I started off in a church where a man is the leader. Women can lead in smaller spaces, such as children, youth groups and stuff like that. Um, so when you walk into a space where there is this like division between men and women, then you kind of associate power with being connected to said man. So when you're a single woman, you kind of feel like you're going to church every week, volunteer here and there, but you're not really leaving as much of an impact as the married women or the women with children are. What what has your experience, Ange, been with like marriage in the church? Um, I haven't, I wouldn't say that I've had the same experience as you. Um, and I don't know specifically like the the um the denominations of the church or even like the the race um percentage um but I've only been to um historic black churches um denominationally um so the pews are filled with people of color um and so it's that is something that we don't see Maybe it's because, you know, in the community of Black people for, for so long because of the narrative of stripping and ripping the family apart, um, that that's something that um, post-civil rights, um, you just didn't worry about um, anymore as a, I guess as a people, as a community, um, which should, should change because we need a family unit um, these days. Mm-hmm. Um but I, my view of marriage um, came from um, my grandparents um, and 
I didn't hear any bad stories about their relationships. I don't know. Only they know and God know um, what happened in their relationships, how it came about. Um, but from, from my vantage point, it was a great unit. Um, they had like 11 kids. So wow. You, you got a great unit with all them kids. Um, and then they also live in a rural area. So um, the, in the time that they got married, they got married young. I'm, I believe they're 1920 and they stayed married for over 65 years until my grandpa passed away. Um, so that's my view on marriage of what a woman does in the marriage. Um, not really, I don't really know what a man does in the marriage because at that point, my grandfather, he wasn't vocal when I was um, born because he had um, deficits from his stroke. Mm -hmm. So I could physically see the interactions of them talking, you know, with each other because that no longer um, was something that he could do. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as them going to church together, um, knowing the, each other's business, he didn't just pay the bills, you know, she knew what was going on with the business, with the farmland, with, with whatever, with the children. They both were integral parts of it. I hear my grandma, I mean, my aunts and my uncles talk about how integral both of them were in their schooling and whatever areas of their life they were. Um, they were there um, in their lives. Um, so that that's my, my first view of marriage. Um, I have listened to different um, pastors, whether that be online or whatever, talk about marriage, and I understand where you're coming from because it can be overbearing in the fact that they're, um, it's like selling a car. They're trying to sell you, um, I guess, a Tesla, whatever best making model it is, they're trying to sell it to you. And it's like, if you don't drive this model, you're not going to get from A to B. And it's like, well, if I drive my little hoopty, I'm sure I can get there A to B. You know, I'm going to have to gradually upgrade one day. I'm going to get the upgrade, you know, hopefully. You know. That's me with my, my iPhone 6. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Upgraded to an 8, like, this year. And I'm still, like, I still have my home button. <laughs> Look, listen, you got to get rid of the home button. I did it. But, I mean, eventually, you're, you're going to need the upgrade. But you don't need the upgrade right now. Mm -hmm. you, you see what I mean? Um, and that's how that perspective, and I think we talked about in a, another um, episode, previous episode, about how um, Christianity and the church has become so cultural that um, there is really not the view of God. We've become a bunch of Sadducees and, and Pharisees, whoever the people who take away and the people who add things to the Bible or to the Christianity based off of their own beliefs, based off of what, how they feel. Um, and for singleness, if I don't like the season, the word season either, because <laughs> seasons are just like three months. Right. Now, if we in a whole single season for years, that ain't a season. Right. That that's more of like, God has called me to be single right now. And hopefully the next column will be marriage. But some people are called to singleness, just like in the Bible, Paul was called to be single. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a lot of things that you can do for Christ in your your um, hour. I'm gonna say hour in your hour of singleness um, that you can't do when you're married. Um, and that goes on like 
um, we can talk about, does your life start when you meet your partner? I don't believe it does. No. My life starts now. My, my, I believe once I meet my purpose partner, our um, purposes will align with each other. And therefore, I, we can win more souls for the kingdom. But I can win souls right now um, if I'm aligning myself with God. And also, I believe right now, currently, I'm married to God. I'm, I don't view this hour as singleness because God is my head. Mm -hmm. Just as God would be the head over my husband, I'm under my husband. Right now, my head is God. So I'm married to God. Um, so I will move the way that he tells me to move. Now, if that's going on a mission overseas, that's going on a mission. If that's traveling, that's traveling. And if you think about marriage, you have to ask your husband, your wife, okay, can I fast? Do you want to do this fast with me? Or can we even fast? You know, no, we, we can't do the fast right now. Can we go on the missions? No, we, we, we have children. You know, we can't go on the mission ship right now. So there's other factors when you think about marriage and partnership and purpose partner and life beginning. Um, that's two different, I think, aspects of life. And I don't believe that life begins when you are married. If you view that, that God bless you. <laughs> Simply put, God bless you. Um, yeah, like I said, like these spaces where I feel like marriage was idolized, I don't think it was an intentional thing. I don't think that their messaging was intentional with saying, you know, like your Christian life doesn't start until you're partnered. Um, I think we just need to be mindful. We as in church, Big C, um, need to be mindful of those things when we you know, create small groups or Bible studies that are targeted towards single people versus couples and um, different just roles throughout the church. I understand that the foundation of community is finding things that are similar in each other. So, you know, of course, if I'm in a relationship with someone, I would want to hang out with other people that are in relationships or if I'm single I would want single friends um but how that has influenced my walk with uh engaging in fellowship for a while especially not in college really because we've talked about it probably in episode one college is so unique that it's it's kind of set up for you already so when you're emerged in a um, college ministry you don't really seek outside like other people to hang out with you know like I went I was a part of a college ministry and I went to like you know a community church on Sundays too but when I was in the church service I wasn't necessarily looking for a spiritual mom or older people to hang out with or families to hang out with. Cause I knew I was going back to campus with people my age to hang. Like that wasn't, I was okay with going on Sundays, hearing a sermon and then bouncing at the end, you know, like, whereas now post-college I'm like, okay, where do I meet my friends? Like if it's not in a dorm room anymore, then maybe I need to hang out after church and actually accept that invitation to lunch uh, with you know, a, a young couple that have small children. Whereas I would have never 
tried to pursue those type of relationships. And I think that's harmful. I think, um, I think there's so much you can learn from a person, um, and from people who aren't in the same stage of life that you're in. So when we put pressure on ourselves, or we could create these barriers and label them single women go here, married couples go there, then we're missing out on the blessing of, of living in community with each other and learning from each other. Um, and also, um, as Ange was touching on with like having to ask for permission and stuff like that, your identity changes when you enter a relationship. So reflecting on my own relationship, um, like I said, this is very recent and it was a two-year relationship, which is a long time. Um, maybe not, you know, long from other people's perspectives, but it's two years of sharing your life with someone is a long time. Um, and you just learn a lot about that other person, but you learn a lot about yourself that I was not expected to learn. I I learned how introverted I am. Like I would I would think that I'm a very social person, but being around other people, sharing my space and my time with other people doesn't energize me. <laughs> so I learned the true definition of what it means to be an introvert while being in a relationship because you're expected to spend time with that person, of course. Um, I learned things that um, I didn't really think about from childhood that I never addressed. That probably was the catalyst, like being in that relationship probably was the catalyst for me going to therapy to sit down with someone and say, hey, Let's not, you know, center my sessions around my breakup or my relationship, but let's center it around, okay, my relationship revealed this aspect of my life that I kind of just put it on the back shelf, like, um, that we yeah. should probably address before I enter another relationship. Um, and without, without engaging in that relationship with that guy, I probably would not have, like, saw that part of me and want to fix that part of me. Um, so there are blessings that come out of seeking, uh, romantic relationships with people. I just didn't enter it in a healthy space of, um, is this person going to be able to walk alongside me and fulfilling our purposes? And that's another thing that people don't really warn you about especially in our age group, like mm -hmm. me and um, my ex, we were both in stages of life where we were transitioning into something. Like mm -hmm. he came into the relationship with his own dreams and I came in with my own dreams. So mm -hmm. at some point it's fun, you know, hanging out and everything. But when you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, how do we combine our lives? And then we realize that the destinations that we are seeking are on opposite sides of the world. <laughs> That's a problem. Someone's going to have to make a sacrifice. Someone's going to have to compromise. And, and that's, that's what relationships are about. But at what point 
do you start making those big sacrifices? Mm. And that's something that my aunt warned me about at the beginning of that relationship. And it's something that I was like, okay, yep, she was right towards the end. Because it did come down to, as you guys know, um, Angie and I um, are pre-health. So if that's a path that we're pursuing, and this goes into a question that we're going to address later about work relationship balance as Black women. But I remember being in um, undergrad in like a pre-med fraternity type of thing and there was this woman who came in to talk to us and she was an OBGYN and her husband was a urologist and they both worked at the same hospital and she talked about her path to medical school compared to her husband's and she talked about having to actually think about what specialty she wanted to go into because of course if you want to become a surgeon that's a 10-year process that's that's a four-year medical school, five, six, seven-year residency, Um, especially if you're not going into a path straight out of college, right? So if you take someone like me, who's 27, who hasn't even, you know, started medical school yet, I'm going to be entering into the field late 30s. Um, And unfortunately, women, we have a biological clock. So how do you how do you keep that in mind while while pursuing relationships? How do you say, okay, this is about to be an eight plus year journey for me, um, career wise? When do I start a family? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> and. I was like, are you asking me to comment? Or no, I mean, I mean, I feel like no one has a real answer because it just depends on God's will for your life. But because we see women do it. We see women have start families in the middle of residency. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not unheard of, but it's something that we have to think about that men necessarily don't have to think about. You know, so h- how do you feel about that? How do you, how do you feel about having to take the extra steps of being intentional about timing? Does timing matter to you when it comes to dating? Um, it does not um, matter to me. Um, Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I think that um, whoever the partner is um, that I will marry, they will understand. Um, and I think also our purposes will align. So regardless if that's me being a physician, me not being a physician, that person being a physician, them not being a physician, um, it will, our workspaces, our gifts, our talents will will align in a way where there is a balance and that balance um, will get us to the end goal, right? It won't be 
two different destinations. Our destination will be the same. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I believe that I'm okay with the time. As far as like my biological clock, that's up to God. I know God is uh, the God of possibilities. Um, he gonna show up and show up regardless if that's in the desire of my heart to have a child. And let's say if I were to get into med school, if I decided to continue along this, this path of becoming a physician, and I decide that I want to have children, but I, you know, residency, I'll, let's say I'm 34 and it's like, I get married and he like, I don't know about you, but I want to have a child. Um, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe me having a child right now while also concentrating on residency, finishing residency, trying to figure out everything else um, in between will work for me so you're gonna have to wait and then what if he's waiting and now i'm 39 40 um and i'm like well i'm ready and then i'm like i believe in god hey look you did it for sarah you did it for half the women that's in the lineage of jesus half them folks yeah. was bare. they were barren and and he is the God of possibilities. Look, that's man. true. That's true. But I'm going to tell you right now, me and God going to have, if I'm 60 years old, me and God going to have that that real talk. I'm going to say, okay, hey, no, no, sir. <laughs> hey, come on. Come on. I refuse. I you got to have some, some faith now. I refuse. And um, so... I'm really believing that, like, that's why I say that timing is not, I'm not concerned about it. Like, I, I honestly believe God is the author and finisher of my faith. So whatever he started, he's already seen it. Like we said this in previous episodes, his hand is on me. He created the world. So he didn't already know what Ange and they going to accomplish if we have having children, marriage, blah, blah, blah. He already knows, and he knows what the end goal will be. So it's in his hands. Like, look, I ain't, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. No, okay. I, I respect that. I respect that a lot. Um, you mentioned it a little earlier, and I'm sure we're not going to be able to fully talk about it in this episode. So we'll, we'll have to have um, more episodes on this topic. But let's go back to what you were saying about dating to marry versus casual dating. I have some mixed thoughts on this because, like I said, my even desire to be in a relationship has been rooted in comparison and idolizing marriage. So now that I'm in a space of deconstructing a lot of frameworks that I have, one of those frameworks is thinking that every single person that shows interest in me, I have to think of them as my potential spouse. Um, that's not helpful for me. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not helpful for me. It's not helpful for a lot of people. Um, with that being said, I don't think that my response to that or my way of combating that is to start casually dating. Um, but I'm trying to be intentional with just enjoying spending time with someone because 
my only well there, there's one of two things part of me is trying to go on a journey of changing my perspective on of platonic male female relationships and that that can be a separate topic of itself i don't have guy friends that are single men like yeah. I don't just casually hang out with guys in a group setting or one-on-one, but I want to. It's one of those things where I've been afraid to even engage in a platonic relationship with a guy yeah. because it's like, oh, I don't want him to think that I like desire more or if I do desire more, I don't want to mess up our friendship. So I'm like, I'm luckily not socially awkward. But if I was, I would never talk to a guy ever. <laughs> like, even guys I have no, like, interest in. Um, and I want to change that. And I think being at the church that I'm at now has helped that because I hang out with a lot of guys. Most of them are married, which is great because I can hang out with their wives individually and them as a couple and not feel awkward. Um, yeah. But... I want to change my outlook on how I interact with men. Um, how I I don't have to view them as potential husbands the same way that I don't want every guy to to judge me as a, a potential wife. Um, so I think the pressures that we put on ourselves to be wives, we also put that same pressure on every single guy, especially Christian men, because I feel like I hold them at a higher expectation um and that's not fair like they're they're failing me without knowing that they're under a test (laughs) um and that's a me thing that I, I want to change so when I think about me getting out there and dating I'm processing what does it mean for me to meet up with someone have dinner have a drink and potentially never see them again and being okay with that being okay with just yeah. enjoying the present. Yeah. Yeah. You know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So ideally I would love the next person that I'm with to, you know, walk alongside me and potentially date to marry. But if that person isn't the person I'm supposed to marry, I want to enjoy learning from them. I want to enjoy um, being in their presence without viewing it as a failed experience. Cause you can learn a lesson from anyone, no matter if they hurt you or not. Um, so I, I, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to change my perspective on that. Um, again, we're going to, we're going to be talking about this topic, um, again, because I mean, we're single women. So of course, if that changes, we would want to fill you guys in on that. <laughs> um, and hopefully yeah. we have this podcast long enough that y'all can walk alongside us in that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. 100%. Mm-hmm. All right. And so um, in closing this episode, we have a new segment. Well, it's really not a new segment. We are replacing a previous segment that we call Soft Girl Living. Um, and so we're going to call this segment now um, the Undoing Segment. 
And it stems from, you know, our the name of the podcast being Unlikely Outcast and us walking into um, being set apart. And while being set apart, we're trying to um, deconstruct um, some frameworks that we previously walked in or, uh, or um, that we have acknowledged that the world is working around us. Um, and so we are here trying to undo a, a lot of things so we can live our best lives um, and so the question for this episode is, what are some societal pressures surrounding dating and marriage that you are not succumbing to? Hmm. Maybe you want to start. Who? Yeah, I think I like, I just talked about a lot of those of, of, of like yeah. viewing someone of the opposite mm-hmm. sex as a potential spouse when everyone you interact is not going to be your potential spouse. Um, I think another one that I am intentionally not succumbing to, um, would be, we didn't even really touch on this in this episode, but, uh, creating a list mm-hmm. of things that we absolutely need out of a person and we'll have to touch on this on another episode but when I say a list I don't mean like the foundational deal breakers that you should have when looking for a spouse or looking for anyone to spend your time with you know like I feel like you should have standards um but the list that I'm talking about are the superficial things that honestly, you wouldn't want anyone to judge of you, you know? Like, I wouldn't yeah. want someone to count me out because I have curly hair versus, oh, a non-negotiable is they want someone with straight hair, you know? Like, there are a lot of superficial things that we we look for um, out of people that kind of blind us from from interacting with great people. So that's that's yeah. one of the pressure, the, the perfection pressure from our society. Yeah. That's what I'm trying not to succumb to. Yeah, 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 that's good. Um, and for me, I would say communication. Um, I think com- communication for me personally is a big, um, that's a red flag for me if you don't have it. Um, but as a society, I think that we've just really um thrown that out the window of okay like they look cute I'm cute we just gonna rock and it's like no honey like we need to have some type of conversation we need to communicate of what we uh, what I expect out of this relationship what you expect out of this relationship um and really just talk I think we're in a generation where People, they don't talk on the phone. They don't do nothing. They just text, TikTok, Instagram, and post and go about their business. And it's like, mm-hmm. that is not life. That is not real life. Real life deals with communication. Real life deals with, I don't like this. I don't like what you said to me. Um, and maybe you need to work on your tone or, or whatever. But that also has to do like something you said earlier about knowing um your childhood, what type of traumas you have, and all this stuff. That kind of goes with along with communication, too. I need for you to go to therapy. If you didn't go to therapy or not going to therapy, <laughs> I, I, can't, 
I don't know. If I worked on myself with the good Lord, I expect you to do the same yeah. thing because if we're joining together as one, your dirt and your trash, it has to be gone through. It got to be taken out. Yes. And my dirt and my trash <laughs> got to be taken out. Because, I, look, it's a 100% relationship. I agree. 50 50. It's 100% from each person. If, if I'm giving 100%, you giving 100%, I think we're good. But that has to do with yeah. communication. Yeah. I have, I have that, like, said. I'm going to have to put that, uh, post that on my. board one one expression that someone used in the song it was life jennings he said you can't be a nickel out here looking for a dime be the person you want to find (laughs) exactly be the person you want to find and on that note we will see you guys in the next episode bye the unlikely outcast podcast is for anyone who believes they are set apart from this world in order to do justice love mercy and walk humbly we are so grateful that you took the time to listen we hope that you heard something that empowers you to live a life designed for you 